0: Sign up today at ButcherBox.com ETM. Hey friends, Shauna here, and I want you to imagine a life where you are financially savvy and independent, living with purpose and generosity while inspiring others. Keisha Blair, author of the book Holistic Wealth, is our guest on this episode, and she's dishing life lessons to help you find purpose, prosperity, and happiness in your life right
1: now. Hey, come here. Check it out. I got something to tell you. You're listening to Millennial Money with award-winning money expert and serial entrepreneur, Shauna Compton Game, where we flip the script on the old-school approach to everything your parents never taught you about money. Each week, Shauna creates a safe space by talking with special guests from around the world about money wellness, entrepreneurship, traveling like a boss, and what makes millennials tick. Unique stories, trailblazing perspectives, tips, tricks, and everything there is to know about money. Find it all here as you uncover your money story and unlock the life you want to live. Pretty cool, right? Here's Shauna, money expert, Indiana Hoosier, and burger aficionado.
0: Big thanks to You Need a Budget for sponsoring today's episode. You Need a Budget, or WineApp is an award-winning software in a proven budgeting method that actually works. Stop stressing about money and start your free 34-day trial of YNAB today by going to com slash millennial. That's yna com slash millennial. We're starting January, our whole month dedicated to money wellness and money mindset, talking about this idea of holistic wealth. This may seem like a far-off concept, but As Keisha says, cultivating holistic wealth helps us to be mentally tough, which is super important, and to have the grit to weather the inevitable storms and setbacks that life brings us. Holistic wealth is this concept and process that I've really infused in my own life in the last few years, and it has changed everything for me. And so I know it can do the same for you. Keisha is amazing. She is a trained economist. She's been profiled in the New York Times, was part of the prime minister's delegation to the World Economic Forum in 2018. So yeah, she knows her stuff. Personally, though, her story is also really compelling. She lost her husband suddenly to illness and was left to care for her two small children. And what that did was really inspired her to embark on this journey of self-discovery that allowed her to focus on the most important lessons for achieving happiness and so she's here today to bring those lessons directly to you there's so much of your story that i obviously want to dive into and so much that i i really resonate with myself but I wanted to start out just laying a bit of foundation for this concept of holistic wealth. I'm really curious, like what would you say is the main difference between holistic wealth and kind of like the old school definition of wealth?
2: Yeah, no, great question. And in the book, I address it head on in the intro because I feel like that old school definition Needs to be revamped, you know. Like millennials yes. in particular are asking for a new definition that's not just defined by your net worth or how much money you have in your bank account, but your emotional and physical health, um, you know, your spiritual health, and of course, um, you know, your 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 financial health. So we're taking into those key aspects. Of our lives that are significant building blocks, um, and and one they can't stand alone, and we need them sure. to be in good health in order to have um, holistic wealth. So I think that's the key difference. Is that you know we, we just want to redefine wealth on our own terms, and you know with the rat race and everybody just you know being <laughs> exhausted and just tired you know, like we're, 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 we're really looking for that new version, that revamped, refreshed, you know, meaning of wealth.
0: Yeah. It's, it's been a long time coming, right. That we need like a 2.0 version of, of wealth, because I think, you know, people think about wealth and you so eloquently talk about this in the intro to your new book, Holistic Wealth, but you know, we, we've, defined wealth, like you say, in terms of just assets, like how much money is in my bank account, do I own a house and a car and a boat and whatever the heck you want to put in there. Mm -hmm. But that thinking about it more like collectively, also incorporating experiences and different things that you try. And I mean, gosh, you could just lump so many things into that. But when you when you look back at at wealth over your lifetime on your you know at the end of your life you know i think all of us are hoping for like that collection of of experiences not just the number in our bank account yes
2: yes absolutely
0: and i'm curious like like why do you think people have been so hesitant to really claim like holistic wealth is one of the most important uh you know building blocks or pieces to a good life. It feels like we we always like come up against this wall when we when we talk about this concept. Yeah,
2: no, you're right. I think traditionally um with society and, and it's good that we're now questioning those rules, um, you know, everybody defined you by a salary and a paycheck and a title. So and I say this in the book too, you know, you meet people And people aren't going to ask you how, how, you know, they ask you how you're doing, but like, it's just like a a quick intro. And then after that, it's, oh, where do you work? What do you do? (laughs) And so traditionally we're defined by these things. And so it's, it's taken on so much more significance than it really needs to. And I think that's why, you know, like even when we try, even when we try to redefine ourselves and even when we push back on that, Definition it keeps coming back because and this is something I want to change <laughs> I want us to you know like collectively yes. as a society, I want us to focus more, and you know mental wellness is taking on um more more importance and you know and and emotional health, but we really need to um you know do more and and do a better job of of really defining and redefining, um, you know, how we see each other and 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 what are the things that we really emphasize in our daily conversations. It's just like, you know, you get together on a weekend and everybody's talking about work. Um, yeah. Things like that just kind of put us back in that box. And so I think if we start to have the conversation, then that's a good thing because then we're redefining it as we go along and we're changing our conversation um, we're changing our discussions about what's important, what's really important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. There's, I don't know if you've ever seen that movie Eat, Pray, Love. Yes. Um, I love that movie. But there's a there's a, a scene in there where they ask her to say her word, a word that describes her. And first she says a a word that uh, you know is something about work related and they're like no 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 that's not who you are yes. who are you and the whole rest of the movie is her discovering that and i think like you mentioned that's so important like what if we went to cocktail parties or hung out with friends and we talked about ourselves in that way and maybe even talked about the things that didn't go right in our lives mm-hmm. to bring more of that human element i i just i would think that would change so much but you're right it it's so hard to uh to really like push that boulder uphill. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. And I kind of, you know, like in the book and in my own life experience, you know, with my husband dying at such a young age, I had to firstly come to grips with what I'm defining myself on, you know? And 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 I, I, I experienced a time where I had to drop out of that rat race for, for a period. I had young kids after he died, And I really had to look deep within myself because I could not, I couldn't define myself solely by that anymore. Um, there were too many things important. And when he died, it really put things into perspective for me in terms of life and what's important. Um, because like you will, you'll, you'll see in the book that I say, like, I walked in with, you know, my husband living and breathing and walked out with, his things in a white plastic bag. And I mean, in mm, there were yeah. valuable things like a wedding ring, there's jewelry, things that cost a lot, you know? Um, and these things are perishable. They can vanish in a day. But the things that really last are the impacts that we make on society and on each other's lives and enriching each other and and really living in that purpose and, and really you know, contributing to humanity. So that's kind of been my core message since then, because, you know, like anything can happen at the title and the salary go, and then what do you have left? How do you define yourself after that? And that's a that's a question that I think we need to, to ask ourselves.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, I definitely wanted to uh, talk a little bit. I mean, having your husband die at, at such a young age and having young kids, I can only imagine just... Um, you know, that's obviously a shock. Nobody wants to be in that sort of experience. Mm-hmm. So I- I'm curious, you mentioned like some of the lessons that you learned during that time, but was this idea of holistic wealth and like thinking about life in this way, was that something that you had already been, uh, working on or really was in your head before he passed away or really did that period Change you into thinking this way?
2: Yeah, you know, I think some of it was there before, um, and I'll tell you which aspects. Like for instance, he was in in the private sector, and so uh, you know, like with pensions and retirement, not so good in terms of retirement right. packages. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, what are we going to do, um, you know, for retirement? And so I started planning ahead. We started planning ahead on several aspects. Uh, that you see they're covered in some of these lessons and and a few of those were like investing in some really good solid long term investments um Another one was getting a good life insurance policy and to be honest with you that came that came later and 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 so there were there were aspects like that that I knew for myself that I always had those concerns about like if if something happened and it happened after, you know, like I had my first child. So if something happened, what would we do? Do we need emergency savings? Do we need life insurance? Do we need? And so right. those things, um, thankfully, were in place. And some of the things, some of the other aspects of holistic wealth that are covered in the book came afterwards And so that's why I've been so eager to get this message out because I keep thinking to myself and to this day, I keep thinking about it. What would have happened to me and the kids if I didn't have these things in place? What would have happened if I had a mountain of debt? We had no life insurance policy. I wasn't in a decent job with benefits. We didn't own a home yet. What would have happened to me and the kids? And so for me, this is living my story and, and really trying to put it in a frame so that other people can can take away what they need to take away, which aspects they feel they're weakest on and which aspects they feel they need to improve on. And so, yeah, so those aspects were there before and then afterwards, you know, came the other aspects where, you know, like I I went on on, on this sabbatical with the soul searching and...
0: Yeah.
1: And
2: so there are things that came as a result of the fallout, you know, and, and, and I had to really dig deep about what my future would look like and what I wanted for me and the kids. And, and, and so some of it was before and after. And I think, you know, like you kind of see that evolution in the book um, when the storyline progresses from uh, when he dies to, um, you know, like how the different pieces kind of just fall into place.
0: Yeah, I'm so I'm so glad you you shared that and, and talked about that. I think it's it's really important because I think it's really easy to find yourself like in a place of I, I don't. Th- Complacency maybe isn't the best word, but I think it 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 evokes something in people. It's, you know, everything's going great in my yeah. life. I I'll do that later, I'll buy that life insurance later, or I'll I'll beef up my emergency fund later, or whatever it may be. I'll just do it later right. because I'm young. I don't I don't need to think about this. It's not a problem. I got plenty of right. time. You know, you know, all of the things that go through yeah. our heads, but you know, myself being in the, in the financial world for, for 15 years, I've seen stories like yours over and over again, where, I mean, this is life things happen. And, and although it's not fun to think about, you know, bad things happening or negative things happening, like what, what advice would you give to somebody listening? You know, we're in a new year, like to maybe balance that perspective of needing Mm -hmm. to beef up certain aspects with, wanting to still have, you know, some positivity around it, like, how would you, what advice would you give to someone on, on, you know, how to take those steps this year to get maybe in a little better well, position?
2: Yeah, no, I, I, it's so important. And the thing about it is, and I agree with you 100%. We, um, you know, at the end of the month, we have just, a small amount left in terms of, you know, disposable income that we then have to divvy up among many other um, important priorities. And so some of these things can seem so long term, seem so far off. But then these are the things that promote financial resilience and financial resourcefulness. It's amazing because I think there is a big disconnect in our lives between the daily bills, the things that are going to get me through the next day, and the things that are going to build that resilience and that resourcefulness. And so the things that will build that resilience and that resourcefulness are things like the life insurance, the emergency savings fund, you know, contributing to your pension, all of those more long term, far off things. But you know what? Some of those things, as you mentioned, are things that are not so long-term. They might seem that way to us because we think yeah. we have kind of a line of sight on what's going to happen. But sometimes these things happen quick and there's no notice. Um, there is no prep time to put these things in place. When they happen, that's it. And when they happen, you can't get a life insurance policy again. You can't do X or Y and Z again. You can't walk into your workplace and be like, well, I need to take a year off now. What do I like? You (laughs) have to have these things in place. And so that's why I'm so passionate about these things now, because these are the things that are going to get us over that mountain. These are the things that are going to get us through those setbacks but they're not a part of the daily, daily grind of well, yeah, you know, the light bill needs to be paid, or like I, I you know, like I really need to buy that new tire for the car because, like, you know, those are the <laughs> yeah. things that take. And and of course, they're they're very immediate. And if we don't take care of them, there's a problem. But but I also think that that there are these building blocks of resilience and resourcefulness that we need to balance and so it's just finding a way to balance that and in the new year it's a great time to take stock it's a perfect time we're all feeling great coming off the holidays you know we feel (laughs) like yeah i'm a hero i can do this and it's a great time to be like you know what i'm going to take my life in my hands and i'm going to do this and we just set myself up for the rest of the year and set myself up for the you know for the medium and the long term so it's a great time for doing that
0: And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's monarchmone dot slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. That's com slash ETM to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash ETM. Listen, I was in a constant search trying to find the budgeting software that would actually help me achieve my goals. I was so happy when I found You Need a Budget. I love how WineApp helps me gain control of my money. And their mission is to help everyone stop living paycheck to paycheck, get out of debt, and save more money. You can easily set up your budget where you can plan and save for all of your goals. And the cool thing is you can see your money come to life. YNAB is available for web, iOS, and Android, and they even offer free live educational workshops every single day so you can win at budgeting as well do yourself a favor. Stop stressing about money and start your free 34-day trial of WineApp today by going to YNAB.com millennial. That's ynabcom slash millennial. It's Tuesday. That means we have an Ask Shauna, and this one comes from Alex. And Alex says, is 1% cash back on credit cards worth it? If a credit card has 3%, cash back on certain categories and the rest is 1%, is it worth doing so on the credit card or just use cash? I'm new to using credit cards, although I'm always trying to pay in full every month. However, is just cents on the dollar really worth it or is it just a marketing scheme to suck you into using their money? I'm debating just using credit cards for special categories and the rest in cash or am I missing out on money? What do you think? What is the better way to go? Alex, congrats on your journey into the wonderful land of credit cards. Although there isn't really a right way on what you should or shouldn't do. I'm going to give you some of my thoughts. The first thing is you are doing a kick-ass amazing job on paying your credit card off in full every month. If you can keep that up, you are going to avoid all of the headaches about credit cards and only reap the rewards. That is the only surefire way, again, that you're not going to go into credit card debt. So you can keep up your credit score, which is awesome. And it's going to give you some peace of mind as well. This is another thing about credit cards that we don't talk about often is there are things that come up in life. And sometimes you actually need to put a purchase on a credit card. Sometimes you don't have the cash or maybe you're in between your paychecks and you have to turn to your credit card. And it's it's not always a great thing. Maybe you don't always want to do that, but having that peace of mind that you have that availability, I think goes a long way. And it's something that we don't talk about credit cards. Yes, of course, there could be a downside to it, meaning that you make a large charge on your credit card and you can't pay it off and then you have interest and it starts snowballing. There are a million of those different scenarios. However, the flip side of that is that you have a place you can turn to in those emergencies. And I've had so many situations myself where maybe I had to replace all four tires on my car or something happened and I needed to access a large chunk of cash. Like For instance, once I had to go to the emergency room, and of course I'm not thinking about this when I go to the emergency room, but I actually had to pay my deductible plus an emergency room fee, and it was somewhere around like $1,200 before I could leave the emergency room. Well, I didn't want to use $1,200 in cash, and they didn't want to take my debit card, and so I had no choice. I had to put it on a credit card. So that's just one of of many examples of why having a credit card, even if you don't use it, is just a good financial decision to make. So here are some things to, to really think about. I am of the school that extra money is a plus. If you were walking down the street and there was a dollar or $5 or $10 or $20 laying on the street, no one was around, you don't know who dropped it, you don't know how it got there, would you pick it up or would you not pick it up? Now, of course, we can go through all sorts of different ethics around that, but I'm just simply asking you to answer that question to yourself. Most of us, probably like 99% of us, is we're going to pick that money up. We're going to pick it up off the floor. What we do with it, that is your own decision to make. So I think of it sort of the same way. That's why I'm always pushing you to look at your savings accounts and find one that is paying more money than traditional banks. And why I'm always talking about negotiating things like your cell phone bill and your cable bills. If you can save more money, why not? So the same thing kind of applies here in this situation. If you get 3% back on some of the purchases, fantastic. That's amazing. But 1% on all the other transactions is still more than zero in my book. So I tend to think that if you already have this good uh, habit around paying off your credit card, why not get that 1%? Why not? Rather than paying in cash where you're not getting anything back for paying in cash. Of course, using cash is great. I'm never going to say that's a bad thing. But again, you already have these strong money management skills. So I'm not really worried there. However, if you are listening and this is an area that you really struggle with, then cash makes sense. There's nothing wrong with cash. It's fantastic. But I say go for cash back whenever you can. Another thought for you to look at is, again, some people are going to think this is not a good thing. Some people are going to think this is a great thing. Just giving you my thoughts is that You could look for another credit card that maybe offers a higher cash back on those categories that your current card doesn't. So for example, I have the Chase Ultimate Rewards card plus I have the Chase Freedom card and they really complement each other well. So I kind of get the best of both worlds. But again, that's something for you to decide what makes most sense for you and what works in your current financial plan and with your current financial goals. But those are just some some thoughts. I really, if you have these good, strong money management skills where you are paying off everything in full every month, why not get the cash back? Even if it isn't as as fabulous as the 3%, it's still something. It's still money back. And if it's $0.50 or $5 or $500, it doesn't matter. What it's doing is cultivating this habit of you looking at money differently. And seeing that it's not just about getting these big lumps, like these big salary increases or coming into a big chunk of money. Maybe you inherit money, but it's this little bit day after day, time after time that starts to build up. And all of that is just extra money that you can put towards your goals. So thanks again, Alex, for this question. It was an amazing one. We cover and ask Shauna every Tuesday, and I want to answer your question. There is no such thing as a bad question, and you can even tell me to keep your question anonymous. We're a community over here, so your question helps everyone else, so ask away. You can just head to the link in the show notes or jump over to our website, mmoneypodcast.com, and find the Ask Shauna area right on the homepage. Hey, let's do 2020 right. We've had so many amazing authors on the show and so many more to come this year that we thought, why not start a Book of the Month Club? So every month, read along with us as we learn about new money concepts and hear stories from some of our amazing guests. For January, we're kicking it off with reading Keisha Blair's book, Holistic Wealth, 32 Life Lessons to Help You Find Purpose, Prosperity, and Happiness. You can easily just head to the show notes for a link to purchase your copy on Amazon and start your journey to cultivating a holistic wealth mindset right now. Yeah, I love the the idea you talk about too about about the building blocks. And I think, I don't know how you feel about this, but I talk a lot on the podcast that money is this universal taboo topic. People don't want to talk about it. There's a lot of fear and shame and guilt and regret, whatever word you want to fill in the blank with. Probably a lot of us feel some degree of that. And so it keeps us silent about money, about maybe money mistakes we've made, or even saying, hey, I need help figuring out how to do X, Y, and Z. But you know, a lot of the things that you talk about, about getting these building blocks in place, I mean, don't you think that would help people make a big step in feeling some a little less fearful around money or a little less scared that maybe if they lost their job, you know, they have these building blocks in place. I just feel like, you know, we could do a little bit of of work on our own, just little steps at a time to maybe help negate some of Uh that fear.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. And the biggest thing with money, as you mentioned, is fear. And it's this piercing fear of, as you said, losing the job, the paycheck, um, not being able to pay the bills, being kicked out, um, living, I don't know, living on the streets, you know, like it's, it's amazing <laughs> yeah. the things that, yeah. it, snowballs it snowballs and it's amazing the things that come <laughs> in your mind, right? You see yourself in like, I don't know, pushing a trolley somewhere, but like, it's, 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 it's good. And I, you know, I talk about fears a lot in the book too, because I went through that stage because after I, you know, lost my husband, it was just like, oh my gosh, it's just me. It's just me now and the two kids how am I going to do this? And so there's a lot that goes into really examining ourselves and and giving giving ourselves a more positive script, like a more positive money script. So yes, I can do this. I am ready and I've been through a lot of things, but I'm ready to go forward now and, and I can carve out this future that I want. And in the book I talk about, you know, like really honing in on our own financial identity and that's so important too with just claiming your identity in terms of what you what you want to what things you want to start save on and and splurge on what are the things that are important to you with 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 achieving those long-term money goals and that gives us a kind of confidence I know it does for me because when I spend on certain things I'm like you know what I feel good. Like, I don't care what others are thinking. This is, yeah, I know this is putting me on a path. So I'm great. And even if I look at my bank account right now and there's not much, you know, in terms of my disposable, but like I'm investing it and that's why it's not in the bank account because I'm investing it. Like I feel good, you know? And so I feel good about, you know, how I'm spending and how I'm saving and I have my own financial identity. So I am so much more confident and less fearful. And I think in the new year, that's something that we need to define and something that we need to really claim as ours. and it's unique and it's all ours. And so I I really think that's the challenge. And I think if we can do that, then we set ourselves up for success in a lot of different ways.
0: Yeah, gosh, there was so much in what you just said I want to dissect. But I'm just curious, like first, because you're on... I mean, if you will, I don't know if you ever are, but you're kind of on the the other side of of losing yes. your husband. Now you've you've learned a lot and, and changed a lot. But I'm curious that period, like right after when you go through something terrible and horrible, and for each of us that could be something different. You know, it maybe doesn't have to be the loss of someone we love, but it, it's something that uh-huh. feels tragic to us. Uh, what advice would you give to somebody? Like, how do you allow yourself to have time to? It may, may, maybe everything falls apart or maybe you have to step away from your job or, I, I, you know, what was that process like for you if you could encapsulate it a little bit of that time after where it took you maybe a little bit of time to to say, okay, I, I can uh-huh. do this. I got this. Yeah, no,
2: for sure. And, you know, like it, it takes a while. It, it it does take a lot of soul searching and really pulling back um, to, to think about how you want to redefine. After something significant, like mm. let's say a divorce or a job loss or or, or something like that, it, it, it takes. And, you know, like I talk about that, too, in the book where, you know, like I really had to to do that soul searching and to step back and kind of redefine my life going forward. And, and for me, it took a while because the circumstances were just so Honestly, just so bizarre. Like it was, yeah. it was a rare illness. Nobody ha- had ever heard of this. Most doctors will never see this in their lifetime. Mm. And so I really just I dropped everything. And I thought, okay, I'm going to have to come to terms with this. And I'm going to have to take the time I need to come to terms with this. And so I'd say to anyone who's going through any type of setback to take that time, be patient with yourself. Um take the time to really figure it out, think about what you want going forward. And you know what, sometimes it's good to really just feel, feel the pain as it comes, because it's it's important that we not deny that part of it and know that, you know, it's going to work out. It gets so much better. And like I say this in the book, we learn from these things and, and you'll look back and you'd be like, "Wow, look at where I am today compared to yesterday." And so you'll have that measure of improvement, but really I think once it happens, the key is really taking the time to to think about you know where we're at and and really feel mm, yeah. what's going on it's it's kind of hard and I know that that time sometimes is a luxury in terms of being away from work or being away mm. from but it's 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 really that time to really refresh and to renew and to think about you know redefining ourselves going forward
0: yeah, and I I think it's so important, just as you said, to give yourself permission when and when anything happens and it feels tragic or hard for you, give yourself permission to take that time to. And it's not a well, straight yeah. line process; <laughs> it it ebbs and flows, and sometimes it comes back at you. And it's like, wait a minute, I thought I was over this, or what? What you know, whatever it might be. But allowing yourself that that time, I think, is that's part of this idea of yes. holistic wealth too. It's it's not just pushing things. Away, but really feeling it and thinking about uh, how that might change you or how the changes you might need to make, whatever it might be, I think that's that's really important. And also, um, mm-hmm. gosh, in chapter two, you you talk about this idea of of thought patterns and that you say they could be this wellspring of abundance to live life on your terms but this negative talk and self-doubt are really a drain uh-huh. on your inner resources which i think we all we all really understand that when uh-huh. we say it out loud practicing it is yes. another <laughs> difficult task so how can you if if we're in the new year how can you start to change these patterns of thought? Maybe even if you feel like negative self-talk around money has has maybe become your best friend over the years, but you you know you want to change. Are there any actionable tips for how we can move into that positive? Yeah, like frame for of sure. Mind? There's
2: so many things, and starting with recognizing it is very important and you know what like so many of us have these scripts and and we go about our daily lives and this is normal it's become a part of us so just recognizing that it's there and trying to trying to change it every time it comes in is is a good way of starting out and you know it's funny like we we did this holistic Mm, wealth this eight-day holistic wealth challenge just leading up um to the launch of the book And one of the things was like writing down things in a journal. So whenever those thoughts come in, what are the thoughts? How can you flip that script? How can you give yourself the messages that you want to hear? Because whatever we think about, it manifests itself because We end up verbalizing it. And then when we end up verbalizing it, it becomes reality. So, like, how can we write down these things? And, like, you know, in the book I talk, I go deeper in terms of, like, really taking a personal inventory in terms of what we're thinking. But, like, writing that down, thinking about spinning it positively are some things that we can do. And so... It's, it's all a process and kind of like an evolution and it's 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 taken hold for so long. And so the other thing I talk about in the book, and I mentioned this in chapter two as well, as you said, is, is to kind of surround ourselves with people who reinforce this positive things yes. about us. Because it's so funny that sometimes we're around our friends or relatives or whoever, and it's so funny how the negative messaging about money it's taken hold that we're just like yeah 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 i'll never i'll never make more than this i'll never get promoted to that (laughs) only certain types of folks get those jobs you know like it's everywhere and it's 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 recognizing it and yes. being like well no like i i know i was placed here for a purpose and for a reason and i know i want to achieve that purpose and 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 i'm going to do what it takes to do that so like i'm not going to look at what's happened to anybody else because i'm unique and i have my own purpose and like i've seen that born out in my own life so much it's unbelievable and so Doing those things and recognizing though that we're each different. And so not all of us are going to make partner in the law firm and, and not all of us are going to, you know, make partner at, at, at the auditing firm. But then we each have our own, our, it's so significant, like our own individual contributions that I think we need to, to really flip that script and get started on that because otherwise, we risk losing out on walking in our purpose. And I don't think we want that. I think we want to live that purpose because that's the the root of happiness and joy. So I think, yeah. So in the new year, I think it's all about that.
0: Gosh, yeah, that's so, I love that idea. And, uh, like one last mm-hmm. thing I just want to talk about in the book. I, I obviously yeah. want people to read the book. So, <laughs> but, um, th- this idea, like going along that, this idea of creating mm-hmm. a personal mission statement, it's, it's something that I've done and, I know it's really powerful but walk me through just a little bit like what does it mean to create a mission statement for you like why would that be powerful for somebody yeah, to, no, to do and, that and for sure
2: and 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 yeah and when we did the holistic wealth challenge again that was something that people were energized around and so the purpose of doing that and it's all tied into what we've been saying so far is that we want to outline something that's bigger and greater than just like the salary and the paycheck. And so if we want to claim that the first thing we have to do is to start start writing down what a personal mission would look like. And it's so unique, it's so individual because and I talk about this in the book about it's 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 derived from our story of self. It's who we are, and it's grounded in our own values and and kind of what we want our lives to become. So, like if you were sitting at you know your own funeral, what would you want your friends and your coworkers and your family members to to remember you for most? What's that impact? That one thing or two things? that you would want your family members and and coworkers to to remember you for. And that drives the mission statement, because then you can see it's not going to be, you know, your title or your paycheck. It's going to be something so much greater than that. And so the first step is writing down and, you know, like your values and and what you want. And then the second step is really deriving from that, a statement that encapsulates that for you, Um, You know, they give a ton of great examples in the book of several experts who've outlined their personal mission statements. But to me, um, coming out of my experience, it was a must do. You know, it was like I have to redefine me now. And the new year is so great for that because we're shedding the old skin of that old year Whatever failures or setbacks or things that didn't go our way and we're stepping into a new year of new possibilities, you know, and, you know, people want to claim this year for all of those things that they want. The first thing about doing that is writing that personal mission and, re- and you know what it changes and it can change over time it's not it doesn't have to be set in stone yeah you yeah. can change it as you evolve as you go along and and it, it's 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 just that one thing that you want to keep in front and center of your life and the thing that's going to drive you and so um for me as like like as I said and for several of the experts mentioned in the book it was like a life changer in terms of um putting kind of like a stamp on your life, a, a kind of me, something that would define and, and in terms of, you know, your contribution to humanity and what you really want your life to stand for.
0: I love that because it's like this powerful statement of this is me and I'm more than
1: my yes. job, my
0: bank account, whatever, you know, this yes. is what I'm bringing to the world, regardless of all of those things. Well, I would love to tie this together with like a little bit of a bow. So we talked about this being just such a great time to kickstart these changes in our mindset around money and really begin to bring in the concept of holistic wealth. If you could give somebody like one, maybe even baby little action step of something they can do today to help them to start thinking about their money in a holistic way, what would you tell them? That's
2: a great question. Like I would just say start (laughs) <laughs> start with the mindset, you know, and in the book, and you mention it in the book, I, I talk about the holistic wealth um, method and it's, it's really a mindset, um, you know, of looking at, and in terms of when we even look at our money, let's say, looking at things that either add or deplete that holistic wealth bank account um, and making our decisions from there. Because I think if we do that, then we're really on a path toward achieving holistic wealth because everything is tied in. And so, if we think about things that deplete our holistic wealth bank account from a money perspective, it's spending on things that aren't going to get us to our end goal. It's um you know going out to places that we don't need to be or 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 spending on things that we don't need. Mm -hmm. that will erode that bank account. And so I think starting with the mindset is key. And that holistic wealth mindset is a great starting point, especially for the new year, because then we're not thinking about our money in isolation. We're thinking about it with all these factors combined, because sometimes our spending You know, it goes off the rails because our emotional health is just not strong enough. (laughs) Like we get tempted, you know, and then there are days when we feel sad and we're like, you know what? I think I deserve that pair of shoes or I think I deserve this. But um, but it it, it doesn't necessarily, you know, like work that way. And so if we tie everything together and really address all these key aspects and, and really think about our mindset in a very deliberate way, you know, in the book, I talk about everything being intentionally designed and our lives being an intentional designed life. That's what I mean. Like everything has to be intentional. Everything has to be grounded in something. And so that's kind of how I would, you know, that would be my kind of advice for, for doing that.
0: I'm so in love with this concept of holistic wealth, in case you couldn't tell. And I feel like we're in the place right now where we all need to incorporate balance and wellness in our money. In fact, I think profoundly it is the missing link. So sure, you need a plan to achieve your goals. You need a roadmap to do it. But you also need to cultivate this mindset around money every day that really keeps you centered and focused. And it keeps your mind from thinking about those negative thoughts around money that may be keeping you stuck. So if you want to know more about Keisha, head over to her website, KeishaBlair.com, and be sure to pick up a copy of her book, Holistic Wealth, and join us on our January book club pick. So on this podcast, you know we are actively changing our language around money to help others unlock the lives they want to live and live it out on purpose. Now that you're a part of that movement, it's up to all of us to invite others into this journey. So Share this episode with someone that you think is really ready to incorporate holistic wealth into their life. Tell them why you love the Millennial Money podcast and why they should listen. Invite them in so we could all
1: talk about money in a
0: new, fun, and fresh way.
1: Thanks for checking out this episode of Millennial Money. For all the BTS on today's episode, check out the show notes. Oh, and while you're at it, share this episode with a friend, share it with your coworkers, even share it with that cute barista who gets your name correct every time. Money mindfulness is something we could all use a little help with. So why keep all this knowledge to yourself? Remember, sharing is caring. See you back here in a few days with a fresh new episode.